We call ourselves simply Celestial Beings. We are a private armed organization in possession of the mobile weapon Gundam. Hey everybody, welcome to episode whatever the hell it is, 17 of Gundam at MHQ. <laughs> This is Chris, and as always, I'm joined by uh, Neil Ornok and Sobro Ryu. So, what's going on today, guys? What are we doing? Not too much. Uh, we're going to be going back to doing some reviews of Macross Frontier. Oh, man. I know we're doing episode 5 through 9. So, and uh, we'll be going, doing the, what, the double, the Gundam Roundup with uh, 0080, War in the Pocket, and uh, the first installment of... Gundam Live. Gundam Live. Live calls. So, well, if there's nothing else, I guess I will jump into my installment of Neo's News. And as the last couple of um, episodes that we recorded, it's been kind of slow on the news front. Um, now it's pretty uh, pretty busy. So um, I'm going to jump in here full force. And a lot of the news that we have right now is dealing with Gundam 00. I guess it's a pretty good show. But uh, it's been recently announced at the Anime Expo that the first season of Gundam 00 is going to be on American television. And it's going to be shown on Sci-Fi Channel starting in November 17th. And I guess they're going to be doing two episodes. Uh, we, uh, they're going to air two episodes weekly. And it's going to be part of that Anna Monday um, block that they currently have right now. And I just want to thank, uh, you know wingnut on the old mecha talk forums for submitting this article and i i know it's i know it's a pretty big article so we we're probably going to talk about it anyways but i do want to thank him for uh submitting some news there but um some more uh gundam double o news the official english double o site has been put up at gundamofficial.com and they do some of the casting for the meisters and it's actually got a pretty cool trailer on there so we encourage everybody to go there to uh check that out and uh, pretty good. Pretty some more uh, Gundam Double O news is. Unfortunately, unless you can read Japanese, you're probably not going to understand this. But the uh, Japanese site for Double O has been updated with some season two information. So um, if you go to Gonoda, which a lot of our news is always courtesy of, they do kind of a nice breakdown of some of the information that they've put in there, including uh, all of the characters, the Meisters, and some new. Uh, mobile suits that we're going to be seeing here so um and the back in some more double o news in japan uh the first week sales of volume six for gundam double the dvd of double uh, o was on the number four on the overall dvd rankings in japan and number two in uh on the anime dvd rankings so I don't know what beat him in the uh anime dvd i'm sure something like one piece or something like that probably beat him but <laughs> so and in kind of a segue into uh, Volume 7 of Double O in Japan, they're going to be, there's going to have a little anime short of SD Gundam Double O hey. is going to be on the final, uh, the, the final first season DVD. And it's going to be a little flash-like anime. And it's going to be called CB Chara Second, with uh, something called CB Chara Second Season Preview. So Cool. Definitely, if you're able, hopefully that stuff comes over in our copies. So, and I guess um, 
there was a lot of news that was announced on the Japanese websites, on the Japanese double O website about um, a lot of the 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 um, s- uh, the staff for season two is going to be the same as as it was for season one. That's definitely good and news. Uh, the main parts being the director, the series composition, and the character and mecha designs. So those four important parts are going to stay the same as they were in, in double O in the first season of double O. And, um, just like anything, there is now a Gundam double O PS two, uh, game that was announced by Famitsu, of course. um, called Mo- mobile suit double O mobile suit Gundam double O Gundam Meisters. And it's going to be for the PS two and it's a 3d action game developed that will cover the first season of the anime plus some original episode scenarios. And it's going to have a lot of new, original animation from the television staff so there's going to be uh, an action movie gauge that's going to be filled up by defeating uh, enemies and it kind of looks and the i guess the viewpoint is kind of resident evil 4 um oh they're actually gonna have resident evil 4 type cutscenes. oh man so when you see a cutscene, you don't want to put the controller down because you'll get surprised just like you were when you played um, when you played uh, Resident Evil 4, and all Press I can a. think of is that that thing. This ain't no cutscene. <laughs> Press A. Press A. <laughs> <laughs> jump, Gypsy, jump. But uh, I guess the, the Spaniard zombie mobile suits in in Gabalo game. Yeah, it didn't say that, but I guess they're going to be just having the same thing with the interactive cutscenes. Yeah, so. you never, you never know. My yeah, fingers are you crossed. do never know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess the game's currently about 70% complete, and the release date in Japan is October. So, um, And if, if you go to, there is a link on um, Gonoda with, um, that, has, that goes to a Famitsu article, and it shows some of the screenshots of it. And it looks pretty good. I went, I went and checked it out. So, um, and they actually have it, they have it divided up by each uh, Gundam and each Meister. So there's a f- there's about four or five picks for each um, each Meister. But yes. um, last couple of little things here is that there is going to be guess what a Gundam Expo oh, in no. Tokyo in 2008, and it's going to be held August 12th to the th- to August 12th to the 17th at Sunshine Cities. And uh, I guess it's just it's an ongoing event that they always have every year. And, course they'll be having all the latest glumpaw figures video and games and they'll also have a lot of limited edition merchandise so anybody that's fortunate enough to be in japan during those times uh, definitely check that out it's august 12th through the 17th and um some more game news uh, i guess uh, operation troy did really well um ranking number 10 in its first week of sales with about twenty-eight thousand copies sold so oh, and two, two uh, more Xbox 360s were bought. Yeah, <laughs> and and this is kind of weird too, is they uh, uh, they added some new downloadable maps uh, for that game. They uh, have a Seattle map that and a Hong Kong City map. So the Seattle map is like tw- 200 points, and the Hong Kong City map is actually free, which that's kind of weird. I'll be the first to say it. I like to I like to form a Gundam crew when this game comes out. All those listening, got Xbox 360s. When this game hits the states, you'll be hearing from me. Yeah, the the, the two guys that are gonna have 360s yeah. and buy this game. Oh, hateful, hateful. <laughs> That's all right, Sony boy. Well, well, I'll let that one slide for now. No, I'm not saying it as as, as a Sony boy. I'm just saying who's gonna buy I'm, this game. 
Yeah, oh, I yeah I yeah, I agree with Chris. <laughs> not not consistent, which I normally like to do anyway. But no, seriously, who's <laughs> gonna buy this game? You don't think anybody's gonna pick this up in the states? I mean, given that it has kind of a battlefield two feel. Uh, you and maybe you, I hope I don't. I'll, I'll see. I don't even know if me because I don't even have Dynasty Warriors. I, Gundams, I, I gotta so. say, uh, you know, having not played this game though, but uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you can try a little too hard. And the fact that they're like trying to run away from this as much as being as possible as being an anime game and be like, yeah, it's mobile ops. Like, <laughs> like, come on, who are you fooling here? True. <laughs> you think that just because you call it mobile ops that nobody's going to know it's a game based off of, you know, Japanese giant robots? And you're going to appeal to like, you know, the like the Tom Clancy gun shooting maniac type of fans? Probably not. Well, it, it's it's. It's funny that sh- that we're talking about this game because in another listener submitted uh, article that I got, and this is courtesy of Batosai28, he um, he showed me the link that um, it's actually up on the GameStop website right now, the mobile ops, and I guess it's going to be um, being released in October one of this year in oh, cool. the U.S. So anybody out there that uh, likes to support GameStop, go and put your pre-orders down. If not, I'd probably try Amazon. Cause I wouldn't aw. go by that as a date. That sounds very generic. Usually that's... Yeah. That's... Um, Saying it's shipping uh, that's, on that's October usually 1. Like, those are, that sounds like one of those placeholder dates that yeah. these, uh, game companies usually put up. So I really doubt that that's the official yeah. actual date. Yeah, I doubt it is, but we'll, we'll definitely... Um, We'll let you know the official date, I'm sure. But last little thing here is um, the Gundam, another Gundam, Gundam Battle Universe. Uh, Famitsu had a another article, and it's covering four of the new missions that are featured in this, and they're from uh, Double Zeta and Shars Counterattack. Uh, there's one going to be called Start Double Zeta. It's going to be from the Aug side, and the, then they're going to have uh, the boy from Shangri-La, which I take it's going to be based on the Neo Zeon side, uh, Shar's second wave, uh, Earth Federation forces, and Shar's return uh, on the perspective of Neo Zeon. So, um, you know, I was kind of hoping when I saw they had some stuff from Double Zeta, they would have Journey to Moon Moon, but thank Aww. God they didn't do that. Well, darn. But, um, I know Chris is disappointed. And uh, <laughs> depending on... I can't even live with myself. Oh, man. Get ready De- to jump off that building. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on how quickly we get our episode up here, this is something, this may be dated, it may not, but for all those pe- people fortunate enough to go to this year's Comic-Con, there is going to be a limited edition GFFRX78-2 version, Kai Comic-Con clear version for 30 bucks, And I guess it's limited to 1,000 units. So it's... Um, Done by Toshimi. They're the the Bandai's focus or collector focus label, and uh, it's they're also going to have some uh, new prototypes, products, and dioramas. I guess at the Bandai booth. So, oh my God! All those fortunate enough to go, um, you know, definitely check that out, and probably a cool little thing to pick up. So sounds like you two guys better get in line. I yeah, know, probably. Fanboy, me, fanboy well, me is already there. I, 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 I doubt it's. I doubt we'll have. There's a thousand of them, so I guess I can buy. Uh, you know, five hundred and ninety nine of them. Oh, and eBay the next day. Yeah, because <laughs> probably be me, me Solbro, and one other person. You say no, that but, now, and then they'll probably end up being a crapload of Gundam fans there, and then they'll be yeah. laughing at you, and, and you'll be regretting that you said that. 
Yeah, remember actually, last actually, to be honest with you, mm. from my experience last year, any time that there's anything like limited edition, it I think just the fact that it is limited edition, Com- people buy it regardless, even yeah. if they're into it or not. So, I mean, I remember when I bought the the um, Castlevania, that Neko limited edition thing. I mean, it was I, people didn't even know what game it was. So, like, a person in front of me, like, where's this from? Castlevania. What's that? And they're just buying stuff Damn. just because it's, you know, probably because they could put it on eBay. Wait, that I know something. So. I know what Castlevania is. That is I'm just dude. telling you what I heard. That's so. hateful, man. That person deserves two slaps and a punch, man. That, that's beautiful. I, I just, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I just I'll walked away. Person. But um, that's, uh, that's, this, um, that's, that's it on the news front. And um, I'll just pass it over to Chris so we can get on to our first segment. Well, I don't have anything else uh, to add to the uh, wonderful Neo's news. So... We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Did you order the code red? Goddamn right I did! Hey, everybody. You got nothing to do in the dog days of summer and uh, looking to spend some time with your buddies from Gundam in the flesh? Well, if you happen to be in the Miami area... Come on down to Yasumi Khan 2008, runs August 1st through the 3rd, and on the 2nd you'll have a live recording of Gundam, just like we did a few months back at Megacon up in Orlando. So I'll be joined in person in my home turf this time by uh, Neil Lornook and Sobro Ryu, and we'll be uh, painting the town red. <laughs> talking about all things Mecha. And Char Red, that is. That's exactly. Right. So it all goes three times faster. So just like uh, Megacon, we're going to be having a trivia contest, questions from the audience, and a uh, prize giveaway. Prizes. So That's right. definitely um, encourage anyone to come out. And if you can't make it, then at least you'll get to hear the episode. It'll be episode 18 mm-hmm. a few weeks after that. And if you want more information on uh, date, time, address, uh, be sure to visit mhq.net or yasumicon.com for more information. We'll be there the whole time, yeah. so signing autographs and <laughs> headshots so and T-shirts. And bras. And bras. And breasts. Hopefully so. <laughs> but come join the show that's hitting more spots than White Base, Gundam, at MHQ. You see us uh, struggling in the car. You walk up, you open the door, and you say, you're lying, George. Oh, uh, hey you, get your damn hands off her. You really think I ought to swear? Yes, definitely, damn it, George, swear. Welcome back to the show that's bringing more spark than a new type convention. That's right, Gundam at MAHQ. And on this segment, we're reviewing the next five episodes of Macross Frontier. And um, I'm going to kick things off by getting into episode five, which is um, Stardate. And in this episode, uh, we pick up where the last episode left off, where Ronka is getting chewed out by her older brother for participating in the Miss Macross Frontier contest, which she outright lost. But um, (laughs) the confrontation causes her to um, blow up on him, and then she runs out, and she decides to play hooky for a day. But um, on her her travels through the city, um, Mihal, one of the pilots, happens to see her, and um, they end up spending the day together going out on just random places. Um, also, uh, this is also when Alto and Cheryl kind of have an impromptu get-together, and um, 
it's a little titillating, but uh, <laughs> she um, convinces him to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a whole lot titillating. What can I say? But um, they decide to also go out and have a little bonding um, by going out and playing hooky as well. So the, both groups end up at the Zentradi Mall, which we mm-hmm. finally get to see the Zentradi's um, enjoying commerce in, in, in a place that's big enough for them, although it looks like it's in a place like the Grand Canyon. <laughs> but it's still neat looking nonetheless. Uh, basically, in this episode, um, this is where we get to see Ronka um, get encouraged to become a singer. And Mihal has a lot to do with that. And also Cheryl does, too, as they eventually cross paths at the um, Zentradi Mall. We get to see a little bit of um, our friend Clan Clan. Not be Moe this time, but be in her um, Amazonian form. And she's there, too. Quite comical, see that scene, too. Plus uh, the one guy who's uh, singing... Uh, the kind of traditional Japanese kind of oh, yeah. singer guy. Mm-hmm. That guy's awesome. Uh, he shows up in this too. And, um, <laughs> I don't know if he's awesome. but yeah, Oh, yeah. man, that guy. Every time I see that guy, he's hilarious. It's but, um, it's also, he's awesome. Oh, I know, man. I'm just, I'm, I have no, I have no. Um, he's up my, there with Sajian Rivals. <laughs> Even that janitor in episode 12 was awesome. <laughs> he just for being there. But um, also, this is monumental because um, when, uh, I'm sorry, when my girl Ronka, she um finally gets on the mic and sings to everybody, or she oh, just Ronka. starts singing to everybody. Yeah, I I I have I have my girl now, my girl Ronka. But um, actually, you no, know, my girl would be Clank Clank. But anyway, I'm getting off track. Uh, she's spotted by a Zentradi um like a talent talent agent. agent, and he's been looking for his next big thing, and he spots her at the at the mall and his singing name, aloud. And his name's Elmo. 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 Oh my God, that's right. No. <laughs> But um, he's there, and he spots her, and before you know it, it's a match made in um, exploitation. And yeah. <laughs> or sex what do you got? Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that's what happens with most of those f- idle chicks. But um, that's an old other subject. But um, what did you? What do you guys feelings about episode five? Um, it was a good episode um, because you get to see kind of the life of the colony, or you know, of, of the Macross Frontier colony, and you get to see. It's it's sometimes nice to see these kind of just off the wall um you know non-linear story uh episodes because it's very it's very laid back and yeah but it's also pretty important because we get to see that um as much as she's been doubting herself ronka especially after losing in the uh, miss macross contest she now gets the um the you know the confidence that she wants to go ahead with her dream of singing so um and it, it definitely um and we definitely get to see more sides of cheryl and um you know get to see her Her and alta's relationship as it's kind of you know it's it's still kind of in that irritation mode but you can see that they're slowly starting to uh break those walls down but which i mean i I do remember some some serious plot points from this episode too like is this the episode where they uh where they reveal a vajra that they have captured yes and it almost breaks the glass yeah and then um you also get to learn more about ozma and um Mm -hmm. uh what's her name's past they used to share what's that Kathy. Kathy, thank you. Um, they used to have a relationship back in the day, but that's been long over. But I, it was kind of ended by tragedy, and you get to you know get a pineapple salad. On that. What's that? Is it not, not that type of tragedy. No, no, the pineapple that, salad tragedy. <laughs> but yeah, um, other than that, I, I love the episode. I thought it was just a nice departure. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris, what, what were your thoughts? Well, the the two main points is you know one that that Ozma is correct that Ronka's too shy to be a singer, and you yeah. can see that. And Michael puts out, puts it on her, and says, "You know, can you sing when no one's come to see you sing?" Yeah. 
And at first she doesn't have the, the confidence to do it, but then when she sees one of Alto's many paper airplanes flying by, then she gets the, the confidence <laughs> to do it. And on the other side, you see more development of Alto and Cheryl, and you see why it is that she keeps attaching herself to him, which is, I think, because of the fact that he doesn't treat her like she's a celebrity. Yep. Yeah. Probably due to the part that he doesn't care <laughs> about her. But <laughs> Probably. He doesn't treat her like a celebrity, and I'm sure that, you know, she's surrounded by so many fans and sycophants and followers that, you know, it must be really nice for her to be with someone who doesn't care that she's, like, you know, the most famous singer in the galaxy and just treats yeah. her an average girl, which is why I think she keeps coming back to him. So those are the, the, the two important parts that I enjoyed about the episode the most. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. But, um, yeah, it was a solid episode and, um, like, a nice character a character development episode that I enjoyed a lot. And, As in um, panties and hippo cows. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> But um, moving on to episode six. Yeah, it's um, episode six is entitled "Bye Bye Cheryl," and uh, this is where we see uh, Elmo, this uh, this talent agent. Um, he's asking Ozma to that he can represent Raka because um, he he feels strongly about how she can sing and, and perform and everything like that. So um, we get to see that, and we see that Cheryl's uh, preparing for her last show. And um, because she's going to be leaving to go back to the Macross Galaxy uh, colony after this show. And uh, then, you know, we get a little bit of at, at the school. Michael's uh, teasing Alto because I guess when he was at the mall, the Zentradi Mall, he saw him and Cheryl together. And he's ribbing him because um, he, he saw those two kiss and everything. So, um, Ozma finally, uh, you know, finally... Um, gives in to Elmo and says, you know, that's fine. You can represent Ronka, which she's basically uh, surprised as anyone. So um, you get to see that. And finally, um, as we're seeing Cheryl, um, she's at, she's preparing. She's doing like a dress rehearsal for her, her show. Um, you know, they get a call and, you know, her uh, grace gets a call. And then she's told about what's happening when it comes to uh, something happened with the Macross uh, Galaxy uh, colony and I guess just about when she's about to go on for her last concert um, the president of the Macross Frontier Colony Howard comes on and says that they have an emergency uh, regarding Macross Galaxy and they see that they were attacked by the Vajra and uh, of course you know Cheryl everybody's surprised about this and they uh, then in, in, uh, invoke a um, like an emergency order mobilizing all the pilots and all the SMS pilots. So that's when we get to see later that, um, uh, you know, Ozma calls up Ronka and lets her know that everything's going to be all right. Nobody's going to get killed. None of the pilots are going to get killed. Everybody's going to come back. And uh, then we get probably, I think, probably one of the best uh, things about this episode is um, we see that, they're you know, in true celebrity coverage, uh, that they're having a press conference with Cheryl about what happened at the Macross Galaxy Colony. And, um, you know, it, they're asking a bunch of co questions, how she feels and everything like that. And somebody says, well, is your concert going to still continue to go on? And then she just gets in that guy's face and is like, you know, why wouldn't it go on? And um, then it brings us to, you know, the nuns. Um, pilots are deployed. They put a, you know, a scout unit out there. 
and uh, they detect a, some of the ships, uh, so, uh, the fold signature, some of the Macross Galaxy fleet ships. What's waiting in the rings is a, a little bit of a of an attack. We have some things going on here, but before that, Cheryl gives uh, Alto her earring for good luck. They launch, and then pretty much ends with um, Rocka basically reaching the concert hall and uh, she sees that the Macross Quarter, which is the battleship attached to the Frontier, uh, fold away because, uh, the, you know, they're doing the um, preemptive strike on the Vajra. So, um, any thoughts on this episode, guys? That's a, a nice build-up episode. I mean, it yeah. gives, you, gives you ramped up for the next step, but um, and, uh, I, I liked it. I, I, I initially forgot to watch this episode because I was blowing through the episodes and I skipped it, but... Um, I went back and watched it, and I I thought it was I thought it was just a nice um, what was it a prologue to what was gonna come next? Yeah, and just more connection between uh, between Alto and Cheryl. Yeah, and and some other things. But Chris, what what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good build up. You know, you've got at the end of episode five the you know fighter from the galaxy who appears and says that they're under attack by the Vajra and now yeah. finally mm-hmm. have the president sort of making the, the bold move which you don't see too often where he basically comes out and tells the public the truth of what they know about the Vajra yeah. um, obviously Leon's a bastard and always knows more than he's letting on and it's pretty surprising that the president sort of had the, the guts to come out and tell people you know, at least what he knows to be the truth about the Vajra and say, hey, you know, we're going to go help our friends on, on the galaxy because they're under attack. And uh, you got the further development of, you know, Alto and Cheryl and obviously some anticipation on his side because this is his first real battle before yeah. he just had that one brief skirmish while he was on his training flight. So this is his first major battle as part of SMS and just sort of a great way to show everybody gearing up for combat. It was a little bit slower than some of the previous episodes, but uh, it was it was it was definitely a nice build up for um, you know for the upcoming battle. And it's the it's the we're saving the budget episode. Well, not <laughs> only that, but I was kind of surprised though that they came out. They were that Howard was so open with the frontier people, the frontier colonists, about what happened to the galaxy colonies. But I guess when you're in that situation, especially where those people have no place to go, that it's probably better in the end to at least let them know what they're going against and, and then being completely surprised. So I think the key scene is when um, Cheryl gets the news yeah. for um, what that, that, that galaxy is lost and um, how she takes it and how it just further develops her character. Yeah. And, when, and at the news conference when um, they ask her if the show is going to continue going, is going to go on, and she, you know, she, she snaps. Well, I wouldn't say snaps, but you know, she just her no, resolve. she snaps. Well, she does. Yeah, she pretty yeah. much snaps. I she mean. takes that mic boy and just commands, and um, she just tells. She just shows her resolve there, and I, I, I like her. I like her a lot more from that episode on. Yeah. Thanks to that, and I think she's uh, she's turning out to be a really, a really standout character uh, if she wasn't already. But so. I, I particularly like that scene. Cool. So I guess that would lead us to episode seven or episode seven, Chris. Yes, episode seven, uh, Mecha Porn, aka First Attack. <laughs> 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 Budweiser Missiles Ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this episode pretty much from almost beginning to end is just shooting, shooting, and shooting. But of course, yeah. in Macross tradition, it's intercut with uh, music, so you've got that showing with uh, Cheryl's concert. You get to see the uh, anime debut 
of the Koenig monster, which first appeared in the uh, PS1 game uh, Macross VFX2. Oh, man. Yeah. Which I've been playing again, and man, was that thing fun to use. That thing's just Ooh. a walking death machine. So it's nice to see Canaria use that thing, just uh, land on the, the deck of a damaged battleship and just start blowing crap away all over the place. You got uh, everybody pretty much participating in, in combat, and it's just an all-out battle until Luca, Mr. Permanent Rosy Cheeks Luca, gets a little yeah. bit too close to a uh, Vajra battleship, and he's trying to study it, and he gets you know pulled into it, so Alto comes to the rescue, and in the process, unfortunately, loses his own messiah. He has an encounter with the mysterious, and the emphasis on mysterious, VF-27, which kind of helps them, but doesn't really. And they both manage to escape from the Vajra battleship, which uh, gets so wonderfully destroyed by the Macross Quarter. (laughs) Yeah. Probably one of the shining moments of the show so far, where the Macross Quarter is just speeding by as it's transforming. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of rips this this uh, Vajra battleship opened like it was a frickin' oyster. Yeah. And just Ooh. blows it away with its Macross cannon. And more impressive is that it's done by by Bobby, who, you know, probably oh, yeah. is the best representation of a hot-blooded gay guy piloting a giant transforming battleship ever. Yes. <laughs> now that there's ever yeah. been a hot-blooded gay guy who pilots yeah, I would a have transforming to battleship on before. Uh, that probably being one of the standout scenes so far in the show. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he just you, switches personalities like that. <laughs> you don't mess with Bobby. That's, yeah, and that's you know, it definitely, you know, great, great in the old Macross tradition of, um, you know, pop song going while you uh, while you are fighting. So, but uh, yeah, that's you know, that's what I thought of the episode. It was a great, great action. You got some great pacing, okay. some good music. But yeah, pretty much episode seven is just what you would expect from a Macross battle. You know, great explosions, action, mm-hmm. Etano Circus, all combined with uh, pop music. So I'll kick it off to uh, Solbro, episode eight. Episode eight, High School Queen. And in this episode, there's a lot of um, a lot of tomfoolery going on. Um, basically, this is the infamous Panty episode, <laughs> where um, panties get absconded by um, uh, by a little creature that comes out of nowhere. Um, but we find out a little bit about its origins later. But um, getting back to the pretty much the point of the episode, um, in this episode, uh, this is the episode where Cheryl finally enrolls in the school. Correct. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yep, it is, and then um, she becomes a student there, and hilarity. all sort of uh, hilarity ensues, <laughs> and chicanery begins. And um, she tries on her, um, she tries on one of the exo suits, I guess, uh, for the first time, and she wants to learn how to fly, but she doesn't know how to. She doesn't know the first thing about operating it, and I believe it's uh, I believe it's my man, uh, my my friend Lucas suit that she that she practically almost wrecks, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> trying it out, and. Um, it's just a lot of a, a lot of fun interaction between the uh, characters at school. There is a a little bit of uh, rumblings behind the scenes. I believe this is one of the episodes where uh, our our friend um, the creepy uh, what's his name uh, Biera. No, the, the 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 dude with all the machinations behind the background. Leon, uh, Leon thank you. Yeah. He's starting to eye our, our Ronka more and more yeah. about her. Uh, about her value or you know whatever the, her secret is in this episode uh there's that element but 
pretty much what most people remember about this episode is the the chase all over school for uh, Cheryl's panties as after they're stolen by this little green monster that seems to come out of nowhere. It's a little green pet looking thing that just comes out of the bushes and then sneaks into the girl's locker room and steals her um her undergarments and then everybody in the school goes chasing after it because everybody wants a uh, a little souvenir of Cheryl since she's new there and she's so famous. Freshly worn is what they said. Freshly worn. <laughs> Freshly worn. Really wow, that's whole new levels of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the if Leon uh, wasn't enough. The the just glee that those guys had when they found out. You know, I just remember out, a, our equipment to find these things. And it's like yeah, <laughs> I'm like man, oh man. But team perf. Mm. <laughs> but uh, mm. for the for the most part, that was one of the highlights of the episode, or one of the more comedic elements of the episode. But um, just more interaction between the main leads. Uh, we get to see Ronka in this episode as well. And talked about um, Cheryl's going to have an upcoming TV ap- appearance. And um, she offers Ronka to appear in it. But Ronka's already got a, a, another TV appearance lined up. But the ironic thing is because um, during the episode you find out that because Cheryl's is seemed to be more important, Ronka's own TV special gets pushed back yeah. or gets waylaid because of it. So Ronka kind of, kind of regrets not taking Cheryl up on her offer. But she wants to be big without Cheryl's help. Yeah. So I, I can I can respect Ronka for that, but at the same time she just shot her own self down because it's because of Cheryl's special that she lost her opportunity to to have her own spot blown. But I, I like this episode a lot. It was funny and there's a lot more story story plot threads that are being woven in this episode and it's nice to see that Ronka is eventually going to move into the public eye and I I, I wonder how that's gonna how both her and Cheryl's um celebrity is going to interact or conflict in the future of the series but um what were you guys thoughts on this episode well it kind of reminded me the whole chase thing reminded me of the the whole zero mask cat thing from go <laughs> in the first episode what about that um that in um full metal panic for mofu when they're trying to get to <laughs> <laughs> that too that classic episode but um no it was a it was a pretty good episode it, i mean you got um you know you have cheryl coming into the uh, into the school and big surprise that that that's never happened before in any of these animes. Oh look, who's the student? But um, is in this also Chris where we get introduced to that guy? What is his name? Biera, Biera, Birla, oh, yeah. the uh, Biera. Yeah, and he he ends up um, seeing uh, Ronka at the park while she's singing, and he's like playing the harmonica. So. Well, you mean Brera, not Biera. Yeah. He's the only other person that happens to know that same song that she's been singing mm-hmm. since the beginning of the show. And yeah. um, he's also the. I think that little green monster was his little green alien thing was his pet, because I don't it, know. it's revealed. It, it seems to be familiar with him, and they show that at the end of the episode. So, yeah, it's kind of um, it, that that's the connection of where it came from. But yeah, he makes his grand grandiose appearance in this um on on board the ship in this episode. So that was interesting to see. Yeah. But um, Chris, any thoughts or any anything else I might have left out? A couple of points. Uh, this is where we get the iconic image of. Ronka in that creepy carrot costume. <laughs> That's right. I forgot she about sings that. that. Stupid song and really creeps out oh. those Entrati kids. Oh, yeah. Man. That's right. It's like, yep. Yeah, well, you got you got to start at the bottom of the ladder and climb your way up and. Uh, take a couple of knocks so that's that's what uh Ronka has to do in the in the carrot costume. Uh Pay you two, when uh, um, when Cheryl refers to Alto as her slave. Lucas certainly has some strange ideas about what that means. Yeah, he does. You know, with her in her dominatrix outfit and 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 
Alta wearing a, a spiked collar getting whipped by her, which yeah. it's like, that's kind of creepy, especially yeah, against Luca's mind. And, uh, <laughs> number three, something that definitely stuck out in this episode, the character animation was, was pretty off. Yeah, it was. That's so right. This definitely sticks out as, as, one, as somewhere where uh, you know, the background animation was great, as usual, but the character animation was pretty off model, so you could tell it was one of the ones that they uh, farmed off to a Korean studio. Yeah. Rather than being done by Satellite, so it it pretty pretty much shows in the character animation. So hopefully that'll get touched up by the time it gets to uh, Blu-ray and DVD. But uh, it really just sort of stuck out how some characters, especially Cheryl, just looked. Uh, she looked weird. Just really weird. And then <laughs> yeah, there's this one scene with Nanase where she she looks like her boobs like grew to like triple G. <laughs> oh wow, that's right. I saw that. I remember that. But yeah, Cheryl just looks the, the weirdest of, of everyone in this episode as far as the character models go. So, you know, you got a bit of mystery that Brera shows up, you know, in, on the frontier and he's playing the harmonica, that song, Imo, that, that uh, is the yeah. only thing that Ronk remembers from her childhood. So, pretty good episode. Obviously, slow down in the pace from the epic battles from the Mecha mm-hmm. episode, which is what you sort of expect. Yeah, definitely a big departure from the previous episode, so... But, but last but not least, we have uh, episode nine, which is friendly fire. So now we have uh, kind of a uh, a character introspective thing outside of um, Alto or Ronk or even Cheryl. Um, and it was kind of weird at the beginning you, when you when you see somebody getting focused on that hadn't been focused on before. You're, you're thinking they're going to die, but <laughs> we'll uh, we'll kind of get through that. But um, we see that. Uh, Michael is basically on an asteroid trying to snipe with uh, Alto Ambera's VF-727. And uh, he's kind of, sh- uh, you know, Alto's struggling because he's still pretty much learning the ropes. Um, we see that um, M- Michael fires and misses and actually hits Alto. And uh, he's complaining that... Uh, well, actually, no, that that's later what... Because this starts off in the middle and then jumps back yeah, earlier. That's right. This, it just fires and you don't see the outcome. Yeah, you don't see what's going on. And then earlier. Yeah. So and we see that um, we see more interaction with uh, Cheryl and Grace doing some more. You know, she's in she's in uh, the EXO gear, uh, getting some practice time with uh, Michael and them. And um, we then see that there is a. Uh, a nun's pilot is calling for some reinforcements because, of course, we have another Vajra attack. And uh, this is when Alto rushes in and attacks uh, a red Vajra mech and is chasing it through a, a um, asteroid field. So, and uh, then we see that the me- he's he's going around. The mech escapes. Um, Alto, um, you know, he's Alto then then gets um, gets uh, caught up with that Vajra. And Michael fires and basically then hits um, hits Alto, Ooh. and then we have a big uh, a big confrontation later on about you know in, in the hangar about what's going on and, and you know why he's why he's shooting on a teammate because Alto took it pretty personally, which I guess anybody in that situation would, yeah. especially when um, Michael is supposed to be such a great sniper. So but there's also the fact that they have that rivalry between them, and he accuses him of yeah. on purpose, which was all the result of a comment that Grace made about uh, it being a shame what happened to Michael's sister, which has him distracted yeah. at the time that he fires. So we yeah, thought it was right. intentional, but, you know, it, uh, it it's leads to, yeah. to that very amusing scene where uh, Michael's just beating the crap out of Alto. 
And just yeah, I know. Nuts. Yeah, because uh, you get to see that he's act. You know, it's 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 the first time that we really see him kind of lose his cool too. Because you know, he's he just seemed like that kind of easygoing guy, and um, you know, that whole confrontation there. So um, in the uh, we see that uh, um, what's his face, uh, Clem Clam, is uh, thinking about Michael and um, you know about some of the things about us. So it's definitely a little bit of love interest there. So Michael actually goes out later on and starts doing some uh, practice sniping and is basically, because of the comments that Grace made earlier, reminded of um, his sister, uh, Jessica, and a bunch of the, her funeral. And we find out some of the things that happened to, um, you know, what, you know, some of the things in her life that, you know, she took care of him and she was like an ace uh, sniper back mm -hmm. in the day herself, but uh, something had come on and you know, and Clem Clan actually comes out and starts talking with him uh, while he's practicing, and they have kind of a, a good exchange there about, um, you know, um, about his sister and if he's thinking about it. And then, you know, of course, Michael has to joke about everything, and uh, he's, which is actually kind of funny saying that if, in her my clone form, he'd probably be arrested if he touched her. <laughs> <laughs> Rich was Rich was kind of funny, you know. So we get that interaction, and we can definitely see that she's she has got some feelings for him because she just kind of goes away um, crying after that whole exchange. So we then we get uh, Alto is speaking with Cheryl, and she's talking about some of the promotional video that she's doing about for the people about the Macross Galaxy and how she, nobody should um, you know forget about it and. Um, she, you know, she's, then she gets into the conversation with him about why he's going to school and why he's in the, the MS, SMS. So it's a pretty good thing with them. Those two, they're starting to get, you know, a little bit more comfortable with each other and a lot more feelings are starting to pop up on both sides. And then we see that um, Rock is out, you know, working again, handing out some promotional items oh, yeah. and, you know, just kind of doing what she needs to do. And, and then she sees uh, Biera across the street and then he, course he vanishes like you know we've never seen that before so um we get back into space and we see that ozma's telling you know there's there's another vajra attack ozma's telling uh to find anything they can about the vajra and to bring it back and uh then at the same time we see Vera launch in his uh, vf-27 and receive orders from a woman to destroy the uh, vajra nest and uh, make sure that sms doesn't get any of the um any of the um, information that they're trying to find. So pretty good space battle here, and this goes back to what we had at the beginning, where uh, Vaj or where Alto and Bear are locked in, you know, combat with each other, hand-to-hand -hand combat, and they're Valkyries. And um, you know, basically, it's a pretty cool exchange where he's telling Michael to fire, and you can surpass his sister, and all this other stuff. So, uh, and then we find out that you know, of course, his sister Jessica. You know, she had committed a crime. Uh, well, she was court-martialed because she had fought, she had fired, did friendly fire on her superior, which actually was her lover at the time. So mm -hmm. there's a big kind of scandal about that. So or her freshly ex-lover. Yeah, her fresh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Didn't they, like, break up that day or yeah, something? Right. But um, he finally fires, and, of course, you know, everything is, uh, is good on that. And then pretty much ends with um, Luca and Michael uh, at, the cemetery by uh, Jessica's grave and you know just kind of they um, you know kind of a 
kind of you know Alta shows up and um, you know he's uh, Michael just comes to terms with everything about with his uh, sister so yeah um, and, that, and that's when Alta says you could be my wingman anytime yeah pretty much <laughs> but pretty pretty kind of deep episode I was kind of glad to see that we didn't get into the thing where we would have lost Michael yeah um, you know because I, I definitely when I first saw it I was like oh boy here we go oh man um, you know but um, it was definitely good um, it was kind of a good insight into the, his character that we see. He's just not the the uh, the lazy kind of you know pl- pretty boy playboy type of dude that he's that he's been shown as up until this point. So and you know also nice to see that Clem Clam's got you know thing you know feelings for her or feelings for him and you know also knew his sister. So but uh, definitely a good definitely a good episode um, and we get to see Biaria. Uh, a lot more in his VF27, and we see that he's going to start being a a force to be reckoned with. Man. So, and he's got some tie with the Vajra. Um, so, but Chris, any anything on your end? I definitely enjoyed that it was a character episode focused on someone mm-hmm. who's not part of the love triangle because, you know, up to yeah. now, for the most part, Michael's basically just been you know the sort of stereotypical like uh, ace pilot dick guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with not too much depth to him. So it was good to see, you know, an insight into why he became a sniper because he wanted to sort of surpass his sister and to clear mm-hmm. up, you know, yeah. her name because she had basically been shamed in that whole scandal where she shot her commander slash ex-lover. Right. And we also see that uh, Clan Clan and Michael were childhood friends and you have this ridiculously cute image of, like, her as a kid, Yeah. you know, like, playing... Uh, like swings for something. him, yeah, know, and just swinging him in the air. It's it's kind of interesting, and um, I think at least on her end, some some romantic attachment, which he probably doesn't see because he's Mister Ladies Man, chasing skirts everywhere he can except for what's most obvious. Yeah, and um, you know we see more of Brera being an obstruction and. You know, flying around and destroying a, a Vajra egg, which curiously is mm-hmm. inside a wrecked nun's ship, which yeah. uh, you know raises some interesting questions there. And you know, you wonder why it is that he's so adamant, or at least people who are ordering him are so adamant about you know SMS not finding out about the Vajra. Yeah. And uh, in the end, though, it comes down to this nice battle with. Uh, you know, both Michael and and uh, Alto getting in some pretty heavy damage on the VF twenty seven. Yeah, he does. He gets a lot of damage in there. It's actually kind of because this is what basically is like second or third real battle. Yeah, he's so he's, he's starting to become a yeah. He's starting to, starting to get comfortable, <laughs> Mister Prog Knife. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I I like to I like to see I like um this seeing the connection between um clan clan and um and michael or mihail and just to see that there was an episode focused on him because he's one of my favorite characters in the series he's reminiscent of max in some ways in some ways not but um to see the tragedy behind him was was really a really good introspective and gives him a lot of gives his character a lot of motivation that we didn't know about so i like that a lot he's my man mihail my man Mahail. I guess I guess it's been established. I thought it, I thought it was your boy Luca. My, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Rosy Cheeks. <laughs> Mr. Rosy Cheeks. 
I guess you could just you point him out. You have to choose Luca because he's the resident loser of this series, oh, like Sajisaki and Rival. So I suppose our, I will. For to keep for consistency's sake. Consistency's sake, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see his perspective soon. It'll probably be an episode where he dies. So who knows? Pineapple who knows? salad. See, I haven't seen. I haven't, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Pineapple salad. That's what I thought this episode was going to be. Oh man. I actually thought it. I was Mihal? like I said. I thought from the beginning. I started watching this. Like oh boy. Claudia's making this pineapple salad oh. right now. <laughs> if, anybody, if, if the laws of the universe of Macross prevail, the pineapple mm-hmm. salading will be, begin with, with Ozma. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's just a walking pineapple salad. Just look at him. Yeah. yeah Kathy. I guess Kathy better get those. Plus, he's, he's, shop for those ingredients he's skull so. leader. He's skull leader. So. He needs to die. He's, he's, yeah. he's senpai. Oh, yeah. Man. He is definitely senpai. So. You can't have but. the kohai die before the senpai. That's <laughs> yeah. That would be a first. <laughs> it would be so it could happen but you know the way it is now you know Ozma is the the walking pineapple salad oh, oh yeah because we, we can I, I can already see that his and Kathy's relationship of the sparkle is going to get kind of rekindled again so but I would hope so since Leon's such a creepy guy and oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. very much better so. than, than this creepy kind of guy wacky dude <laughs> I agree wholly the lame haircut well so. if um you guys, uh, it looks like we've reached the end of these episodes that we've gone over, episodes 5 through 9 for Macross Frontier. Um, if you guys have any input, by all means, send it to um, the boards at mechatalk.net or email us at, um, at GundamMAHQ at gmail.com. We'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us. And the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus what, what are these goddamn animals? Can't you see that you are sweet? Oh, let me love you so. Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ, and uh, once again, uh, we're going to be going into the fifth installment now of our continuing series called Gundam Roundup, uh, and this time we're going to take a look at actually kind of a landmark show in a lot of ways. Um, it's uh, it's an OVA, it's the Mobile Suit Gundam 0080, and landmark in a couple ways. Uh, first one being, it's the first one not directed by uh, Tamino himself, it was actually done by another director and who is do you have the name of that person chris fumihiko takayama okay and um so it was landmark on that aspect and it was also kind of landmark in another one where it seemed like the lead character uh a young a young child was uh actually didn't end up becoming a pilot or anything and he's a lot younger than um any of the previous uh you know teenage um, protagonists in the in the uh, in the show, but yeah. uh, and we also see that it's set in a colony, and we really don't see too much outside the colony except in the beginning and some things later on in the show. So starts with out with uh, we're introduced to what like a um, a Zeon like commando force trying to attack a Federation base like in the Arctic and uh, trying to get it to a 
imagine this, a brand new mobile suit weapon, and that mobile suit gets shot off in the space, and uh, they go follow it. So and then we're introduced into one of these, one of the colonies, and we're introduced to, how old was Al in this, like 10 or 8 or something? 10. 10. I mean, a little kid uh, named Al that's infatuated with the war going on, just like any young child would be. So we get to see kind of the interaction of that as he, I guess he's walking home from school or he's going to school. When I haven't seen the show in a while, but I know he's kind of walking down and there's a battle inside the colony between Federation forces and some Zakus. And you see a Zaku crash and crash into a, a nearby park. And of course, you know, like anybody he's going to go check it out. And, um, that's where he gets introduced to seeing um, <laughs> the now world famous um, Bernie Bernard Wiseman, <laughs> aka Mr. Hamburger. Because if Bright likes hamburgers, this guy is hamburger. Good old Bernie Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he's kind of an interesting character too because um, he's not an ace. <laughs> no, <not by laughs> far, far from it. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, of course, he's part of the he's part of the uh, commando team that we had seen earlier, and um, this they are in charge of seeing the of the new mobile suit weapon that's being developed and being tested in Alice Colony. Imagine that. And uh, so things go on. Bernie actually kind of recruits Al to help him out getting into the space dock to see what's going on, and uh, then Bernie's kind of hanging around with Al, which is kind of creepy. But uh, he gets introduced to Al's neighbor, who's uh, a young girl named Christina McKenzie. And she's, uh, she's in the military, but we kind of don't know what she's doing at that point. But um, not to go too much into, uh, you know, the synopsis of the, of the show or anything. Um, you know, of course, things kind of progress. And uh, Bernie, with the help of Al, and, you know, makes a final kind of run in trying to uh, save the side because the Xeon uh, commanders are going to nuke it. And in the meantime, he's trying to take down the Gundam because uh, it's it's a new type. It's um, called the Alex. It's ac actually specially made for uh, new types. And um, so, and, and we get to see that. And, you know, Bernie's doing this because there was a prior attack and all of his comrades in the commando force were killed and we get now probably one of the more famous parts of uh, anything in Gundam where uh, at the end there's kind of a final battle with um, the Zaku, Bernie Zaku and the Alex and boy probably one of the best lines I've ever heard. What about the pilot? He looks like hamburger in there. <laughs> Whoever he was, he's hamburger. He's hamburger. So, but that's kind of it in a nutshell but um, I guess I'll pass this over to Chris on some thoughts of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam 0080. First off, uh, on a somewhat related note, I should give a nod to uh, Dale for at Anime Expo spending six hours in various lines to get yeah. autographs from David Hayter, and he autographed my Gundam 0080 DVD. Of course, David Hayter, a.k.a. Solid Snake, did Bernie in the English dub. And nice. he, uh, when he saw the DVD, he said that he had an uncontrollable urge for hamburgers, but he didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was just uh, one of the, that's, that's not what he said. It's just such the oh. iconic, such an iconic line of, of a franchise that's got so many great lines. That one just it seems to stick with everybody. Well, but anyway, um, what I think that stands about the show is 
as you mentioned, it's it's the first Gundam show that's not directed by Tamino, which was a big deal back in the day. But oh, yeah. um, it sort of has that same feel that that Tamino would have if he had directed it. You know, capturing the the essence of war. That it's not it's not fun in games because that's the way it was to Al and his friends at the beginning, and then you see yeah. the transformation at the end where they're talking about how fun war is going to be, and you know Al's experienced so many horrible things he's seen firsthand. It's completely disillusioned him to you know, the the whole G.I. Joe, let's play Commando view that any kid would have, that all of us had when we were kids, because we all did the same yeah. thing. We all ran around with plastic machine guns, and, you know, we thought mm-hmm. that war was fun, but then he saw firsthand that it wasn't. Um, I like that the main character is a kid who's a non-combatant. Yeah. You know, he's sort of an accomplice to the Xeon team, and for its time, this was the first... OAV to really show something from a Xeon perspective and show them as being yeah. sympathetic people who are out to do, you know, a job. I mean, the original series had this too, you know, with characters like Ramba Rawl and some other characters, but they were overshadowed by all of these fanatics like Giran. Here you yeah. have the guys that are part of the, the team, whether it's, you know, Steiner or Misha or Garcia or Bernie, they're all just average soldiers who, you know, are doing their job. They're not fanatical believers in their cause to the point where you know Steiner's having that conversation with that that bar guy who's sort of their inside man and he's basically you know they're basically saying like you know we're not going to win this war yeah you know they see they see the writing on the wall whereas you have ambitious guys like Colonel Killing who only care about you know advancing himself and you know his fanatical gear faction well well these other guys are seeing it from the battlefront mm-hmm. these other, the, the, the guys in charge are seeing it from the um you know wherever their high horse might be you know they're they're not they're not they don't have the same perspectives and i i, I like that aspect of it it's it's normal people mm-hmm. that's what i like about 0080 i mean granted i love new types and i i love that whole that whole phenomenon behind them but it was nice to just see this was the first Gundam where you didn't even have that as a factor. The only thing that came close was that they were developing the NT-1 for Amaro Ray. And that's all you pretty much get a mention of the white yeah. base and, and anybody from the original series. But I like I like that average man's view. I like the fact that Bernie was a grunt and not much else. I, I don't think he ever had a kill, right? He makes no. a mention of that. Never had a kill. He, 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 there's, a, there's a scene that's really good in, the, in, in, in that show where they um where he levels it out for Al and lay, you know lays out the reality of the situation. You know He can't take on the Gundam when he's realizing that that's really the only way he can save the colony is by destroying it. And he's pretty much by himself, but he spells it out for Al. It's like, I can't take on the Gundam and the Zaku. I can't do this um i'm gonna get wasted <laughs> yeah and it's like i've never killed anyone before I, I've, or i've never i've never i've never taken out anyone you know in a mobile suit period so what makes you think i can do this and uh, just an excellent performance I, I i love the story overall and just like chris has said it it features a non-combatant who's so young and who looks at war one way but by the end of the series it's taken on such a real face to him that he's brought the tears because of all the drama that went on and I love the scene at the end where Christina says goodbye to him, and he never he never gives up the fact to him that that her that um that you know who Bernie was or anything like that. He just yeah. you know he just keeps his he just tries to keep his composure, but you know he's losing it. But at the same time, all this is welled up within him. The whole experience of those six episodes is welled up within him, where it came, went from being a kid's game to some of the realest stuff he's ever you know he'll ever endure. And I, it's just one of the more heart, heartfelt stories, despite all its um all that people joke off joke on about the show. I think it's a very human-driven drama, without I, a I doubt. Like a and and if yeah. at the end, you know, you know, the ending doesn't cause you to 
you know, shed some tears, whether it's Bernie's death or the video that he leaves or what happens yeah. to Al afterwards, then you're you're not a person. Not at all. <laughs> or when uh, Christina asks where Bernie is. Yeah, and Al just <laughs> Have you seen Bernie? He's just falling apart and, and can't bring himself to say anything. He's like, well, Bernie will be sorry that he missed you. And that's yeah. the yeah. he can manage to say. But Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, uh, I mean, it's such a departure in Universal Century from the other shows. I mean, and, and even from the ones that we kind of haven't covered yet that come on later but you know it it, it is it was kind of interesting to see it on the aspect of just a civilian and not a civilian that's thrust into the conflict now he's thrust into it but he doesn't play a real active role yeah i mean he's, he's like like chris observer. said he's more like a little accomplice and you know what his father worked at the space docks or something or he mm-hmm. and he knew how to kind of get in there because he's always sneaking in to watch the ships come in so um yeah i mean it is got kind of some weird things to it and we've we've discussed it before on shows and <laughs> oh, oh, some no. weird weird things there but other than that though it's it's a pretty solid show um it's it's got it, a lot it, of first like the first female gundam pilot yeah the first time azaku ever ever came close to defeating a gundam yeah. Um, well, although at great cost, it has the first female Gundam pilot because we know yeah. that before that in Zeta you had Emma. So, yeah. as far as you see, chronology goes, this is Christina, the first female pilot. That's very true, Chrono- chronological, but not not production wise. You're very true, but um, yeah, definitely, and just the first Xeon lead of a Gundam show also mm-hmm. where you you know you have one that's consistently throughout the show. Yeah. That's um that's a major player. Although you know, there's there's a Xeon, a Federation um a, affiliated character and of course a non-combatant. Although you don't see as much as Christina as you see the other two. And you also get to see the first time that the actual war ends. You get to see cuz even in Mobile Suit, you know, that's the end of the battle. Yeah. It's not really like, you know, you know, what is it? Al's father's reading the newspaper and it shows that, you know, the the treaty had been signed yeah. and and the one year war. So Because the one year war ends, I guess it's in for December, the most part on, on, I believe. It it ends on New Year's Eve. Yeah. New Year's Eve going into New Year's Day um of 0080. Yeah. And then later on, I think it's a week afterwards. Um, where he's reading the newspaper at that yeah. point. Yeah. So, I mean, it it, it does it it, and like Chris said, I mean, if it doesn't, if you don't get a little, you know, the the heartstring, little tug at the heartstrings, there it is, it is, and and it's nice because it's not done in a cheesy way, and you know sometimes, I, I know we've probably said this before, but um, Tamino in some of his shows, a lot of times, especially in his later Gundam shows, uh, Victory, where he kind of is kind of forcing, you know, the despair. Yeah. And, and this one. It's just kind of a natural progression, it's and, it, and it, it's not really forced. And um, you know, it, it's it's definitely a must see. And I mean, for as much uh, as as much as we joke about it sometimes with the whole boy love thing, it, it, <laughs> we we know it's not not the intent of that. But you, you know, know, watch it and be the judge. I I I, I think it was just coincidental. Um, just a little bit of trivia. I I made an AMV to um to Double O Eighty, and you can find it on YouTube. It's called Bernie's Lament. Um, <laughs> we showed it to Chris, and he couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, if my if my friend Shoji Ramura was here, he'd freaking he'd 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 tell you all about his first I, experience watching that. I sm- I smell a uh, I smell a new uh, topic on the forums. <laughs> is a is Soul Bros video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No. Pedophilic, yes or no? <laughs> well, my my intentions behind it were very. Very, very um, pure and homage to the series, and and, yeah. and it's all about 
Bernie struggles. He's the central character, but not not just watch it and be the judge. And yeah. any comments? Let us know. Appreciated. <laughs> but um, I don't really have too much else to say, Chris. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything on Double O Eighty? The only thing that I didn't like about this show is the uh, the soundtrack, which can be pretty inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Music that are great, and then some that just sound really crappy. I'm not big on synthesized music, period. Although the '80s was fueled with anime with nothing but synthesized, you know, like keyboarding and whatnot. I'd rather hear a more orchestral sound to a Gundam series. And I'm I'm not I'm not big on much of the music in the show. Not even the opening closing themes. I do like the closing theme probably the most. But the opening wanna, is terrible. What's that? The opening theme is yeah, terrible. I, I skip yeah. that every time. <laughs> the end theme is it, it's it's very good and almost makes me kind of want to tear up. But um, <laughs> I skip that too for those reasons. But um, it's uh, other than that though. I I I dug everything else, especially since we talk about Macross a lot. A lot of the staff behind um, Studio New. I believe worked on this show like um Shoji Kawamori worked on the what the mech designs. No, he did and, uh, he did uh, uh, 0083. Mech. Oh, he 0083. Yeah. I, I take that back. But um Haruhiko Mikimoto did the character artwork for this. Yes, he did. And he, he and he he's very um very well known for doing the character art for the Macross and Mac the original Macross series and Mac and the first Macross movie. So plus other many other shows. Now, that's all I have to say. I loved it. Um I don't. I'm not in the mood to watch it all the time, but no. when I am, it's, it's it's a tough watch. It's a tough watch, but it's it's a good stuff. I mean, it's sorry, right. it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, and anything else, Chris? Uh, no. I mean, okay. It's That's it's cool. definitely one of my favorite shows. It was the second Gundam series that I saw following the original series. You know, way back in the day when I bought it on videotape. Yeah. Wow. You know, that that dinosaur <laughs> format. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll always enjoyed, and I, I've watched it plenty of times since then. Just watched it recently again, and you know, it's still is you know, in the ten years of seeing this show, it's aged very well. Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. It has it's aged very so. well, considering that next year it'll be twenty years old. Jeez, but I feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just uh, kind of my last thoughts. I, I agree with both Solbro and Chris about the music. It is, it, it kind of didn't feel right in a lot of ways i mean there are some parts that it's it's kind of good but you know it just wasn't it wasn't very consistent and they could have conveyed a better musical direction i think but um like i said before i mean i joke about it a lot but it it is a very solid show and i I think people um would really like seeing this because it is such a departure from especially the universal century uh themed Gundam shows and 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 even a lot of the alternate century because I don't think we've really had this type of take in any of the other shows. I mean, the protagonist always ends up becoming a pilot or the hero at the end. So, but um, this kind of concludes uh, Gundam Roundup. Uh, you know, the fifth the fifth installment, and I guess the next one would be Chris. Um, is it F ninety one? So. Man. Uh, we'll be getting back to uh, Tamino produced and directed uh, Gundam at that but uh, hit us up on the Mecha Talk forums uh, with some of your thoughts about uh, Gundam 0080 and uh, we're going to be concluding this and we'll be back in a few you're listening to Gundam at MHQ. <laughs> he'll keep calling me he'll keep calling me until I come over he'll make me feel guilty this is, uh, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go.
striking out on finding your favorite manga, anime, or series merchandise nearby or online? Lost when it comes to finding pop music from Japan, Hong Kong, and other Asian markets? Well then, Florida Oriental Trading is here to help. If you live in the Central Florida area, head on over to the intersection of Colonial Drive and Mills Avenue near downtown Orlando. You'll find FOT right next to the CVS Pharmacy. For those who live abroad, find out more about our favorite store online at FloridaOrientalTrading.com or call them directly at area code 407-895-0650. FOT carries a large selection of merchandise such as art books, t-shirts, posters, wall scrolls, soundtracks, PVC figurines, models, and much, much more. Also, it's a great place to find imports of your favorite musical artists and the latest films from Japan, Hong Kong, and other Asian countries. Last but not least, Florida Oriental Trading is not only home to the best selection of anime... Damn it! Who typed that on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, he will read. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Yeah, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks. Hey everyone, welcome to Radio Gun Damn. Sorry, that this is Chris. Um, as always, I'm joined by Sobro and Neo, and we're trying Hello. something new here, and something hopefully we can do maybe every week. A live the Mecca Morning Zoo. <laughs> so we got a, a couple of uh, suckers, I mean callers, on the line uh, Skype here today. So uh, one by one, introduce yourselves. Uh, you can give your real name if you want, but uh, you know at least let us know uh, what your username is on Mecca Talk. So uh, let's go first down the line uh, in Skype alphabetically. Alex? Hey, I'm Alex, or Snoop619 on the boards. How you doing? Not bad, tell, thank you. Tell the world where you're calling from. I'm calling from the UK. Oh nice. man, coming live from from. You know, I have no euphemism for this one. I all hail, all hail Britannia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, all right. for Brit- Britannia. That's right, man. Yeah. yeah, but Britannia is America, so he should be saying it to us. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, true. true. Uh, Damn Britannians. That is true. <laughs> and uh, next. Oh, I'm Dan, a.k.a. Bapticide28 on the forums. Where are you calling from? Uh, Boston. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Not quite Boo as far. Celtic. Uh, oh, well, the t- well, hold on, hold on. The town of Todd Giddis? Welcome, yeah. man. Thank you. That's the local you. hero. I am. <laughs> the departed. <laughs> and next. Uh, Gunduck0079. I'm the goose on the board and stuff. Nice to be here. I'm calling from Ohio. Nice. Nice. Go Buckeyes. Yeah. Go Buckeyes. Last. Hello, I'm uh, Phil, V2 Buster, on the boards. Uh, I'm from Canada. Uh, I would like to request uh, Purple Earrings uh, Radar Love. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have to ban Canada from this call. What? Oh, oh, man. Again? No rush? No oh, no man. request of rush? I, I was tempted, but that, that's just too obvious, really. Oh, man. <laughs> No, Brian Adams. Yeah, or Celine Dion. Oh, can't, can't <laughs> We've already met our, our, our quotient of, of Canadians by having Peter on last episode, so you're going uh, to... Here's my boy! Hey, my, hey, my father's Canadian. Not just a Canadian, though, but a French-Canadian. That, that takes a lot of guts. Oh, God, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. That's what I am. <laughs> I feel even more repulsed. 
Nope. Thank Seriously. you. Um, so we don't really have much of a plan for this call-in session, so what we just had in mind was people call in and uh, ask a question or give a comment. Uh, so I uh, guess I might as well start with you, Phil. Okay, you got a question? My first or question is for Kristen. Uh, did, <laughs> did a super robot kill your family when you were young? Because you seem to hate them a lot. <laughs> I where you got that impression. The site has none of them, and uh, you you never talk about them on the show. So that that that's just that, that's just just comes off that you have a you have a discri you're discriminatory against super robots. Well, we do have a Gurren Lagann section. Uh, we do have a Brave section, so we we do have super robot representation on the site. I don't have anything against super robots. I didn't get into them at first. My first exposure was real robots, so they sort of have always had a special place in my heart. But um, you know, over the you're years, slowly getting into them though. I started watching a lot more. Uh, Super Robot Shows, Brave, Guy King, uh, all these other things, uh, Dan Cougar, Gurren Lagann. So I, I enjoy Super Robots much as the next guy. It's just that for right now my, my thing is in real robots. And in the future, we do plan to do more Super Robot stuff on MHQ. We're going to have Peter's going to be reviewing Gunbuster and Diebuster. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Yay. I've been trying to get nope. somebody to do uh, Guy King, the new one. <laughs> Guy at some point, wants someone to you know do more more brave stuff as that becomes more available. Try to get Corey back on Gal Geiger. So there is going to be super stuff, and you know, as far as Gundam, there's just so much stuff to talk about. We just haven't yeah. gotten to Super Robots yet because there's so much crap that's on the air now that we have to cover. <laughs> so they happen to all be real robot shows. So that's that's the reason for that. Yeah, you don't realize like how many topics that we have kind of just sitting and waiting when it comes to Gundam, especially lately, like this last, the beginning part of this year, there was just so much stuff that started coming, and then everybody with all their suggestions on the boards, it's just, I mean, unfortunately we have other jobs, so, I mean, if we could do it every day, it'd be cool, but, yeah, I'm sure we'll be getting to it, though. It also brings up the fact that we were kind of brought up in the age of, uh, Real Robots too, where we didn't really grow up in the 70s and get to see a lot of Super Robot shows in there. They're kind of getting leaked to the States as, you know, time goes along, but you know, there's always the internet and there's always um, pulling off the, the classic ones. It's just a lot of groups don't subtitle them all. Like, I, I would love to watch all of Muggins or Z, and I'd love to talk about that on the show because that was a pioneer right there. Or, um, you know, one of those, but I mean, I know Gal Gygar is coming just like you guys said, because Neo's seen all of that show, and he thinks it's one of the greatest shows ever invented. <laughs> and then there's always Nadesco. Where um, Geki Ganger is Ooh. is also lumped in with that. Well, we don't have to talk about Prince of Darkness if we don't if y'all don't want yeah. to. Thank you. Of I, but I, you know, <laughs> I think it would make All great right, radio. That? <laughs> yeah. Strike that, strike I, that I, from the record. I haven't heard of this this uh, whatever whatever it is you mentioned that I don't know what that oh. is. Oh man, well well, mum's the word. <laughs> But no, um, I I I love to talk about Super Robot shows. I also like to get into uh, actual mecha discussion sometime soon because I've just come to notice we we haven't talked about mecha in depth yet, and just like you guys have been asking for, we definitely get into it. Oh, anyway, that's how. An hour of uh, so, what do you think's a stronger Wing Gundam or New Gundam? Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Strike freedom spams all. Would <laughs> win with with the weapons and because the hero is an awesome pilot. <laughs> it'd be like the, it'd be like the Coliseum all over again, right? Podcast ends in fisticuffs. Biggest mistake I ever made with that damn forum. That, that thing was getting so ridiculous after a while. It's like what it, cesspool of stupidity and and just 
Oh, oh God! It's like it's like if it, all right, Coliseum, Petite Mobile versus Bright's Chair in uh, <laughs> Shark's Counterattack. <laughs> Who would win? <laughs> so it was just it was getting so funny. You know, who would win the Homo Office. No, at one time there was one battle. Someone said the 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 frickin' the the tripods from uh, War of the Worlds. Oh yeah, I remember wow. that. That was a personal favorite of my roommates because he 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 used to love. We would we would read it at work and we'd come home and talk about all this kind of dumb stuff we would hear on there. So. <laughs> yeah, that that became that form became like the ghetto of Mechatox. So yeah, it's, it's sort and, of and, and, like a real coliseum just full of degenerates and 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 filth. Ne'er do wells. Yes. So. Well, that's cool. I guess. Any other questions? Um, what? Do, what uh, do you think that like real robot shows are more popular right now than super robot shows? I think we're. I think we're kind of seeing a hybrid of that, like with Gurren Logan. I haven't really watched yeah. that show, but isn't that a kind of a hybrid between the two? Kind of. It's a. Su- it's a super robot. I. I. I think. I think there's a lot more realism going into a lot of science fiction with like all these remakes like like a Battlestar Galactica and stuff like I finally got to see what the original show looked like (laughs) and oh my god it was like yeah, oh, it, it was terrible, God. but um. Yeah, my dad used to watch that show religiously, and he, he can't stand the new one. It's like, are you drinking? But but <laughs> but if you but if you see the like, there's like a, there's there's kind of a move like towards everything, not just robots, but you know even like comic book movies and everything like that. They're all becoming a lot more grounded in realism, and so I, I think they are. But I agree though. I I've seen some stuff of Green and Log and I haven't seen the show entirely but it seems more super robot to me yeah. I actually think a little bit of uh, Code Geass R2 has some super yeah. robot yeah, stuff was, in it I was just going to bring that up plus. especially with uh, you know the transforming Zetsway there from yeah. Sakride <laughs> and uh, you know just all of a sudden the technology went from you know they weren't even able to fly now every mech can fly yeah. even the grunt stuff and it, you know the so battlefield is it's, escalating it's got some things in there but I think, yeah. I def- yeah, I think just because because uh, Code Geass just took off, I think the real robot thing is just... Even barely. before that, I mean, there's some elements of Gal Gargar that are kind of... I mean, as, as superfluous as that show is, there's, there's some things like um, like Chris had mentioned in the earlier show with the transformation or the combining of Gal Gargar, how it looks, it looks like it could be possible with the way the, oh, yeah. uh, the gears are like uh, aligning and turning and, and just um, the showing themselves. and everything. An yeah. example that comes to mind to me is Die Guard. How um, it's a super robot show in the skin of a real robot show, but you know there's just some unreal elements of it, and um, it's just a good blend of the two. But it's we're seeing a new age of mech shows, I think. But um, Chris, what do you think? Personally, I think that at least in Japan, we're seeing more of a blurring of the lines. Uh, you look at shows mm-hmm. like Die Guard or like Overman King Gainer, yeah, where you've got you know the silhouette machines are on the real side. Then you've got the Overmen being more on sort of a super side. Yeah. And there's just plenty of shows out there that are sort of blurring the lines. And, you know, to a certain extent, the lines have always been blurred in most shows. Like, if you look at most Gundams, you know, the lines have always been a little bit blurry. It's only mm-hmm. some shows that they're really clearly drawn, like, say, you know, Votomes or, or Dugram or, or Pat Labor. I mean, even in Macross yeah. yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, very true. Or in the, look at, you look at the stylings of, you know, the, the aesthetic of, say, Macross 7 with bright oh, yeah. colored mecha with faces and boobs and everything, and, you know, there's more <laughs> of a super robot aesthetic there, even though 
you know, the original Macross was one of the hallmarks of, you know, the really real, real robot. robot shows. So I just see it as, as a mixing of the two more recently. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd like to actually see the resurgence of the um, the Enchanted Mech show, like Dunbine. Uh, uh, with, um, the fantasy with, one? Yeah, a fantasy one with um, Wings of Reen stricken from the record, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? Never, never. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of that show. Another unmentionable. Uh, <laughs> but um, very good question. Um, it, it, uh, any of you guys have anything to add to that? Well, I do agree pretty much with all of you. Well, then, all right. <laughs> okay. So, since we're all in perfect agreement, let's move on to our next caller. Uh, since we uh, lost Alex earlier, welcome back. Hi. Hello. Got a question or a comment? Uh, yeah. Um, I was wondering just what was your favorite Mac of all time in any show ever? Ooh. Hmm. That's a difficult one. Um, oh, man. Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd actually have to probably split it up. Like I, I'll put like my favorite Gundam. I think, outside of because he wasn't a Gundam, he was a more of just a machine of death. Is is Gun Tank? Um, <laughs> I I, I love I love Gun Tank immensely. And he's just through space. Yeah, he tr- treads treads spinning. <laughs> but um, uh, if it was a gun, if you're going in. The Gundam universe, I would definitely say, um, for whatever reason, I love the Strike, the original yeah. Strike. I just thought it was such a kind of a cool concept with, you know, all the the things on it, and it yeah. it looked very, it looked very kind of real world, like because it was so lanky and skinny, and you know, I like that one. Um, uh, I think is one of the. I think the Strike is probably one of the the better yeah. designs of the RX seventy eight. Yeah, and I think um, I have a lot of. I, I know a lot of people don't like Gundam or are not big fans of it. Like, uh, but they they love the design of the Strike. I yeah, mean, I, we have. A, I, we both Neo and I both have a friend who just built the Perfect Strike. Um, well, I Rouge, built one too, and you built one. You built you built you built the Strike, strike. and this guy Grasper. Yeah, man, and um, he built one as well. And he says, you know, he's not a big Gundam junkie, but the Strike he calls the Strike quote unquote sexy. Yeah, it really is. But um, I would say any other like Mecha, I like the. Which one was it? The um, Chris, you probably have to help me on this. Uh, uh, the mind controlled one in Macross Plus. Oh, oh was it VF twenty one? Yeah, yeah, I like that one. And more than the nineteen? I don't know. It was just something cool about. It. I think it was more of the paint scheme, but I, I like that one. Other than that, probably. Hmm. I don't know. I'll let you guys, and I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll think about if there's anything else. But um, go ahead, Chris. As far as you know, Gundam goes. Uh, probably my favorite overall design, whether it's Gundam or Mobile Suit, would be the Zeta. Because when I first yeah. saw it, even before I saw the show, I just fell in love with it because you know the sharp lines that it had, and uh, just the sort of elegance mm-hmm. of the design and how it looked, you know, for its time and still for now, so very different from the previous Gundams, and from a lot of, yeah. you know, the Gundams that have come since then. Yeah, Thank the you. faces, the face was always a striking feature to me, like, mm-hmm. it's it's different, you know, you know it's the Gundam, but there's just, they haven't copied that that look on a face yet. They haven't at all. Since, Ooh. since that one came. That's why I so. call it the, the five-star stories Gundam. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> uh, just a handful of other favorites would include um, the original Valkyrie from, from Macross, you know, any version mm-hmm. yeah. of it. Uh, especially the the movie versions, 
the YF-19, uh, the good old Scope Dog, and uh, the oh. Ingram from Fat Labor. Yeah. Ingram is... I, I like that suit, too. But, um... That's it for me as far as my favorites, so it's on it's on you now, Solbro. Well darn. Um I, I am a big fan of the Zeta too. I love that suit. I, I think it's uh, even the variations of it, like all the different ones they've come out with, um, model wise, and I, I'm I'm particular to the red one from uh what's it, uh Gundam Project Omega. Oh, Armoros? Not not Armoros, but the one that Johnny Ridden piloted and it oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I like that one a lot. I, I think that's really cool. Um I like the Estevalis from, from. Uh, I forgot about those. Was it the Estevalis? I, sp- I forgot oh, about yeah. those. Yeah. From the Desco, I uh, particularly um God Dagoji's and um, <laughs> and uh the dude, what's his name? The the real jerk, the guy you like. The, oh, uh, the guy who Kotsky. runs Nurgle. Kotsky. Yeah. That dude's awesome. His suit was badass. Yeah. And um, Super Robot. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I like Maz and Kaiser out yeah. of Super Robots. I, I like that, that one too. That is the um, the the god of um, super super robots. And last but not least, out of Grunt Mech suits. Uh, of course, I, well, I would say Grunt Mechs, but out of uh, I like the Valkyries assorted. And then my favorite Grunt, grunt Mech suit is probably I like the Marasame from uh, what's it? Oh, uh, from Sea Destiny. Yeah, Sea Destiny. I was a yeah. big fan of the Marasame. It was like the closest thing to a Valkyrie I ever saw in that. Yeah, show. it did look it, like one. It's like wow, that that suit was really cool. But and the if, DT you know, Custom. Was, yeah, exactly. The DT I, Custom Desert Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> DT, DT did have one, but that's pretty much it out of me. You have another question there, Alex? Or oh, okay. I was kind of thinking, what are your predictions for Gundam Double the new series? Oh, okay. It's gonna or, suck. Oh, I wondered if you were gonna cover that in another segment so i wondered whether i should ask it or not actually that brings up another that, like uh, for your other your first question for whatever reason um because i got the the double o ds game but for whatever reason when i started playing that game i wasn't always that high on the exia but then when i started playing that game and just seeing how awesome that suit is that i like that suit a lot the um the exia i think that's up there with uh the strike is another good redesign of the arc 78 is just the way it looks it's and very petite looking and that's yeah, what i liked about it too. it just and it and it you know it's got that it's more grounded where you know it's got a it's got a beam cannon but it's nothing like you know it's nothing like a beam rifle and it's got the big huge gn sword and all that stuff which is kind of cool but it's pretty neat to see two innovative this redesigns of the the arc 78 within a decade because i mean there was a rut where you kept seeing just like kind of the the same kind of just retread yeah. in the 90s. You kind of saw the same kind of retread over and over and over. Ever since, what, the F91? Yeah. They kind of just kind of stuck within that frame. And now this this millennium, we're seeing all these neat new-looking Gundams. And but I, to I your other things. question on what my predictions are in Double O. Before you um, jump into that, uh, thanks, Solbro, for mentioning that because I took so much yeah. crap in my first review for Double uh, O when I mentioned that, uh, you know, between... The last 15 years, all of the Gundam designs have just sort of been basically redesigns of the F-91. Everybody's like, oh, what's he talking yeah. about? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, it is. They're, it's the truth. They're all freaking Frankens. Just look at the feet, the legs, the arms, the head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, about the only thing that, that Okawara never copied from the F-91 was its mm-hmm. chest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that true. Neat chest. But otherwise, he just recycled <laughs> that into every design that he worked on in some way or another. 
I didn't mean to interrupt you, but there's two lead Gundams I can think of in the 90s that weren't exact retreads, at least to me, and that would be the uh, the God Gundam and the yeah. um, the, the Turn A Gundam. Other than that, <laughs> the rest of them, you right mean, down the line. White Devil with Mustache. The White Devil with Mustache. Depending, depending <laughs> what episode it was. Well, the Turn A, of course, because it was the only lead Gundam from the 90s that wasn't designed by Okawara, so... Very true. Obviously, it's going to not look like an F91 redesign. But anyway, uh, Paul, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's, that's cool. Um, in terms of my predictions of double O, uh, lots of killing. Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, no, I don't know. It's, I've, um, I've, do, I've done this thing now with these shows where I'm trying not to read into them before, you know, like read any like the little leaks in the magazines before they get shown. But mm. if if it's going to stay within the continuity of the, the four-year time skip, um, I just think that the whole the whole conspiracy with, um, I think even with Alejandro and everything like that, he's going to be referenced a lot oh, yeah. in there, uh, even though he's gone. Um, I think uh, little Chun-Li will probably make a, <laughs> she's just going to, she'll probably end up becoming the big baddie. And I think... It'll be interesting to see what happened to uh, Alleluia and Tiaria, which I think Tiaria is gone, but that's my opinion. But um, and I kind of want to see uh, I want to see old Felt being the uh, taking over the sniper duties because I agree that's probably going to happen. That's but only your opinion because you're ill-informed. Yeah, you didn't see those scans, did you, son? Yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> no! I, that's all the meisters in their fancy new uh, celestial being uniforms. Yeah, um, that's that's what I'm saying. I haven't I haven't checked out any of the stuff because yeah, I, was, I was gonna ask you if you've seen yeah, the trailer yet. I, I haven't, haven't been it. doing that. Yeah. The last year, when it comes to a lot of these shows, I haven't been doing it because I've done it before and I felt burnt. But oh come on, Mister, you're Mister Raw. You watch the Raw <laughs> yeah. and then you watch the subtitle. But. It's like, man, and you but, don't, you don't want to see a little advanced screening of uh, the trailer. Yeah, Come I don't on, know, man. but get dirty. I th I think uh, <laughs> I think the whole the whole concept of the of the infancy of the uh, the Earth Federation is going to be cool. I think that's what really is setting that show apart. That we finally get to see, you know, in every other Gundam, the Federation was in place for forty, fifty, however many years. It was now it we saw it created, and now we're going to see like the growing pains of what they're going to try to achieve. So, under I, President I, Barack Obama of the Earth Federation, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I, I definitely, I definitely think that um, he, they're going to continue to kind of redefine what the Gundam story is because it's it's like I've told Chris and Solbro, if they would have ended the show at episode twenty five, I really wouldn't have had a problem with it. Yeah, you'd want to see what happens, but I think always it was just a really cool way of doing the mid-season break. Just always leave your audience wanting more, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's that's my two cents. Well, um, a lot of things you said, I I, I believe are going to happen. I, I I haven't seen this sketch. I haven't seen this um the line art yet either. But um, I do believe Felt will become a pilot. I do believe uh. Uh, my man Lockon's twin will probably get involved in some way. I don't know with the celestial being, or he'll be on the opposite side of the fight. Um, I, of course, Setsuna's back. I mean, that's, that's pretty obvious from all the pictures have been showing. But you know, my man Saji Crossroad, man, he might become a key player. I mean, Saji Crossroach. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps on, he keeps on making it. <laughs> 
He'll be there. He'll He's be like there. Garon. The more you keep hyping yourself up, uh, Solbro, the bigger the uh, crash is going to be when you I find. Oh, it's <laughs> no. Let it. Let him do it because I can't wait <laughs> to see it. I, I can't wait. I've been. I, I've been telling him since episode two when he was sitting there saying, "Oh, this guy's going to be the he, the Messiah of he, uh, of Gundam." He might be. He, he might be the running narrative he, of the show. I mean, he may be the observer. Yeah, I, as far as I know, you'll see in episode fifty, he'll be like walking across the street while the final battle is going on, and he'll get run over by a pizza truck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How fitting. They mean he forgets to put handbrake on his own pizza truck. <laughs> and C2 will be driving it. You know what? You know, pizza butt. <laughs> oh, pizza butt. Pizza butt. Exactly. Uh, I got but, um, seed at the beginning of the part. Did anyone uh, predict an onsen episode? Because... <laughs> I don't think there's going to be an onsen episode in in, in it's, it's sunrise. It's it's bound to happen. Hey, you know, <laughs> up until Destiny there hasn't been any, any onsen in Gundam, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen in Double O. As for my predictions, um, you know, I see a lot of people, not just on Mecha Talk, but all across the internet's, you know, already say, "Oh, it's going to be a copy of Zeta with the arrows of the Titans and blah blah blah." Ugh. So I just want to make a personal appeal, to everybody, please shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no, really, please just shut the hell up. It's very annoying, and and nobody wants to hear the crap you're saying. Because when Double O was first announced, and the whole thing is celestial being, everybody's like, "Oh, it's gonna be Wing 2.0, eh, Wing 2.0." Eh. And then look how much the show ended up being like Wing, nothing at all. Yeah, nothing at all. I hope I hope the show becomes nothing we've ever seen before, and it's already headed in that direction with the end of season one. So I mean, this is gonna be completely unpredictable. I yeah. don't know where the show's gonna go. I just hope. It ends on a very memorable note, and um, I hope that it um, it really inspires the next Gundam series to be just as badass as this one. Yeah, so, so that's all I can ask for. Please, everyone, whatever stupid thing comment you have, I don't mean like guys on the show, but you know the everyone out there, whatever stupid comment you have, the naysayers himself. No one wants. Yeah, to. because to be uh, be honest, in in the first season, if people went back to see what they they wrote, like in episode five or six. And then what actually happened, I mean, it, it was completely different because, yeah, okay, there's some similarities with, uh, you know, oh, the romance, you know, the kind of the attraction of uh, Satsuna and Marina. But other than that, I've been rewatching Gundam Wing. It's nothing like Gundam Wing at all. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, it, there's, I mean, the only, the only things that I could see is just that little attraction. But then, and then what? They have Gundams. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, Gundams that's, that's all against, I see. They're fighting a serious military. I mean, they're... So. they're 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 S starters and you know other than that they have aesthetic similarities but when the story progresses you realize this has been like this is no other Gundam show you've ever seen before and I I I am enthralled I can't wait till October I, I kind of don't want to see October happen yet because I'm we're still knee deep in Code Geass but um it's it's a it's a um it's a bittersweet thing I, but I I can't wait to see that new season start speaking of Code Geass awesome. I like to make a similar appeal to everyone out there uh, yes. Please shut up when it comes to uh, bizarre <laughs> theories about things that are clearly contradicted by the facts. Uh, yeah. As most evident in episode 13 of Code Geass. And everyone's like, oh, I bet it would know it was Suzaku, it was Suzaku. Ah, no, I think, I think it was Suzaku, even though the evidence doesn't show anything that was Suzaku was involved. And then come episode 14, oh, look, 14. it wasn't Suzaku. There. Not yeah. at all. Shut up. Yeah. And he had no motivation to do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, so. so please, everyone, don't go looking so hard for things that aren't there because you're just mm -hmm. going to look like an ass. As yeah, soul bro. Stop it about Saji. As did everyone <laughs> who said that, you know, Suzaku was the one in episode 13. And then as soon as episode oh, 14, didn't hear a peep out of them. 
that, that, <laughs> that's a great case. Out of their mouths. <laughs> that's a great case of space madness right there. Space because madness. You didn't have to be Sherlock Holmes to put two and two together there. Yeah, I mean, but besides, that goes against Suzaku's character. He would never do something like that. And um, granted, you know, well, then again, Suzaku's done some 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 heinous things, but I don't I don't see him doing anything like that to Sherlock. So. Plain and simple. But so moving any on. Other, who's who's yeah. up? Yeah. I, I'll um, go. If that's cool. Or, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm glad I came prepared because my question was, uh, what do you think uh, Saji's role would be in season two? So I'm not gonna ask <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> King Arthur, obviously. <laughs> King yeah, Arthur, man. the second coming. Um, the Knights the, of the Round Table. Oh, sorry. I mean, the Gundam. Wrong. You had the Gundam Excalibur. <laughs> oh. well, don't you worry. If you want to be a terrorist, <laughs> what kind of better cover is Pizza Delivery Boy? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Sleeper cell Gundam. <laughs> but um anybody uh, do you have another question? I do. Um now that Shirley's um hit the bucket in Codius, uh there is absolutely no way this show is going to have a happy ending. I That's mean, what I think too. I think we knew that from the start, just because it's a sunrise yeah. show, and my friend had never seen a sunrise show, and mm. he called me up pissed that night. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is. I mean, other than Double Zeta and uh, Turn A, you don't have too many happy endings in sunrise X had shows. X did. That's true. Yeah. I mean, X did yeah. But um, what do you think? What are your projections now that she's gone? Is Suzaku just on, I mean, uh, Lulu's just on a downward spiral? Or? I, I think, honestly, that um, he'll lose everything to gain what he wanted um, in the end. I honestly think at the end of the show, and, and me and Neo just talked about this before we started recording, I think Nunnally will die before the series oh, is over. That, that's, oh, oh, that, that's, oh like, yeah. that's like the, that's like the punctuation mark to what he's gone through. And when that does, you don't know where the show's going to go at that point. I think that'll be the divining rod right there. And yeah. um, I don't know about that, but but uh, Neo Neo feels strongly against it. And you go go ahead, man. I think honestly, what's probably going to happen? She'll make it, but um, I think the pack between Lelouch and C two is that she becomes a normal human, and then she probably dies because she's so old. And you know, he'll probably find that he when she goes it's probably really going to tear him apart because he'll finally realize that he had probably the most feelings for her than anything but i honestly think if it's going to be a love interest he'll he'll end up with uh callan probably mm-hmm. at She's the a- end um he'll i mean the battle between schneisel and lelouch is going to be ridiculous that's <laughs> going to be that's going to be like um you know that's going to be the biggest thing I probably ever. Cause but, but compared to him and Suzaku, though, I think they're going to have quite a showdown, too. No, they, that, I, and I told Silver this. I honestly think that Suzaku will probably eventually, Flip. he might defect or he's just going to get betrayed by Britannia and get killed. Like, if I, I don't really, at this point now, I don't see Lelouch killing Suzaku because he's had too many time, he's had too many chances to do it and he can't do it. But I, I think Suzaku will finally realize at the end of how foolish he was to believe in Britannia because he'll probably end up getting killed by Britannia and being betrayed, you know, by them. That's that's my thing, but you know, who knows? 
all, the way this show goes, everything we say now will go out the door on oh, the yeah, next episode. We so. sound like absolute fools come October. That's why yeah. I don't hate to say anything about this show because it could take takes so many oh. twists and turns. But I think as far as Lelouch being on a downward spiral, he's already had a bit of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was really down in the dumps and to the point of, of using refrain on himself. But yeah. I still oh, think yeah. there's going to be more hardship for him in, in the future. I just don't. But I don't think he's gonna go, you know, like like batshit crazy because he almost already <laughs> did. So, yeah. How do you think uh, the Emperor's flying gazebo is gonna figure into the end? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it turns into a giant nightmare frame myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 thinking uh, I think a mobile armor. A mobile. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be like that goofy mobile armor and um and uh, F91. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh the uh, a flying orange. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that thing in F nine one gives me nightmares. More so those balls. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting. I, I just I don't I I still think that the emperor just has ridiculous amounts of respect for Lelouch, and I think that's why he never killed him when he was captured because you can definitely tell that he is a chip off the old block when it comes to certain things and and, and doing things that need to be done to gain power and to to do what he wants to create so i mean um it's going to be an interesting showdown but i I still would say that the showdown between him and schneisel is going to be the that's going to be the i think i think lelouch and him are exactly the same we just have yet to get to know the emperor i think they're the chip i think lelouch is a chip off the old block just like you said yeah but they have more in common than you can probably believe and i think this is the episode we'll probably find out a great deal of that 15 um for for the record is um the episode we haven't watched it i haven't seen that either I haven't seen yeah. it. I can't wait to watch it when it gets when it when it drops. But um, I think we're gonna find out a whole lot about the emperor this app, and I, I can't wait to see it. Definitely, possibly Chris? how he met like C two or. Oh, I personally think <laughs> at some point it's gonna be revealed that C two had something to do with Marianne's murder, and shit's just gonna yeah. drop. Woo! Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I, was, I did think that earlier that maybe she's the one that. Well, we don't know. It's hard to say because she's still in contact with her and. It's kind of it's just kind of weird how that is. I mean, personally, I almost think that Marianne probably orchestrated the whole thing herself. Yeah, that's definitely been hints of that. She so did know beforehand it, that the attack was coming because she called off the yeah. guard. So yeah, because I almost I almost in contention that she's she's one of the immortals too. <laughs> but, but you think so? I think she may be. But the weird thing is that she didn't like uh, she didn't like um, get Lelouch or Nunnally to safety. It seems kind of weird that she didn't do that. Mm. Yeah, that is true. That's true. maybe she maybe she tried. Maybe her kids didn't want to leave, or maybe maybe she know. wanted to, maybe she wanted the kids to see it. Wow. Maybe she to spur Lelouch. I think it's all part of the all part of the show, all part of the plan. Just as to, planned. To, yeah. Just as planned. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're trying to develop their two kids to become the end all be all to unite the world and yeah. because it's been divided for too long and if everything goes according to plan Lelouch will have the whole world wrapped up by series N mm. with nothing but Britannia left to take over and at that point the whole world will be united it'll be another double O retelling well Sobro I have a question for you what Go about for. your man Rivals how's he gonna figure out oh man he'll be, ser- he'll be serving drinks at the, <laughs> at the be, Royal Bar he'll be at the uh, <laughs> he'll be at the casino again serving oh, drinks serving and drinks, uh, man. Maybe Lelouch will you know, hook him up with Las Vegas. Is he going to have a shot now that uh, now that Lloyd is out of the picture? Oh, Lloyd. Well, they, uh, but but yeah, really. Lloyd is replaced by um Pretty Boy. Oh, uh, Gino. Gino, who's pretty much all over freaking Suzaku. So I don't know where this is going. 
it's going to territory that only Yoi authors do. Yeah, oh, man. Well, I got to crack the books on that one. <laughs> we go on. I think since since we're all here, we need to have an epic showdown between V2 Buster and uh, ill-informed Neo. Nice. Okay. <laughs> what? Coming down to this. <laughs> For what? Going back. Well, you know, that, I guess that we should, we should get. If oh, that, about that the thing up, with Macross. Macross. I mean, yeah. I was going to say. We, well, uh, no, I was. I hey, I'll be the. I was the first one to admit it. I mean, I was. Um, you know, not too long ago, I think maybe episode thirteen or fourteen on the Macross Frontier thread, I was like defending it because people are sitting there going, "Oh, why is there?" You know, about the you know the SD the global and you know all this stuff and people just being stupid and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'll be the first one to say that. Um, I was I was wrong about the show. I mean, I, I thought it was gonna go down the same route, but um, it hasn't, and it's probably been the most enjoyable Macross for me so far. I mean, wow. I, I still like um, I still like Plus and the original, but at this least one, you admit you're ill-informed. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's that's part of um, that's part of everything. I mean, I'm I'm wrong about a lot of shows, and you know, but I wasn't so so set in my ways that i did i would stop watching it so yeah. i mean i because i soul bro will tell you i will watch some crap oh, all yeah. the way to the end and even though i get disappointed which under robin yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah i mean no i'll be the first one to admit it and i i love the way it's going and i love the way that the characters are kind of breaking the norm again um you know from the typical macross characters and i like alto i mean i I I told uh, I told Solbro earlier before we started recording. I mean, I think Cheryl's freaking amazing in this thing. Yeah, I, I like her the most. You like Cheryl? I like I like I like the other girl. I like Ronka Lee. Ah, boo. Me too. I, oh damn. But <laughs> and I like I like my 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 favorite Moe. The little uh, what's the name? Clan Clan. Clan Clan. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean I'll be the first one to say and 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 once again an addendum to what Chris said earlier. Um, you know when it comes to Let's let's wait and see how things play out. Let's wait and see how things play out too in Macross because it's getting it's kind of getting the same treatment at times yeah. where everybody's like, oh, you know, especially when the global showed up, everybody was going crazy. Well, you know, according to this, there was never any other SDF one class ships built. It's like, how do we know? It's like the of of a sh- this show. It's it's not like Gundam where there's books and volumes of like everything that's happened so on top of it is pretty centralized too where yeah. you know gundam doesn't really span across the universe like gundam yeah. uh, like um, macross frontier has where yeah. you know you got people colonizing other planets you don't know what's going on there they could build another ship for all we know but and i i definitely i definitely think it's a great show so i was wrong v2 buster you were <laughs> right <laughs> and it's recorded so but anything else chris any other trouble you want to start um Nah, not today. <laughs> nah. So, any other questions, guys, or anything? Anything else that's... Uh, oh, yeah, I have, I have one thing. Um, for sure. the first time ever, I actually watched the Code Geass dub on uh, Adult Swimming was actually pleasantly surprised for once. Oh, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's very well done. I, not, I, I mean... Let, yeah, I mean, let him go. Johnny has actually grown into the role. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been... I've been keeping up with the show because I TiVo it, and um, he's developing into a very good Lelouch. I mean, I, I we we predicted that you know he would sound like Vasta Stampede, and he's he he's he's trying his best to really do this role the way he's never done any other role before. So I give him I give him props, and I give the rest of the cast props, and I, I love um 
what's her name? Mary, um, Mary, uh, the, the, the major. The major? Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Thank yeah. you, thank you. I, I love that I love that woman's voice, and every time she opens her mouth, this Cornelia is a pure joy to hear. Yeah, she's every, the baddest chick on that show. Every day. They should just give Cornelia her own OAV. Oh Damn my right. God, <laughs> that chick is that chick is so raw. When she threw the knife, the dagger in V 2s head, I'm like, man, she is my favorite. But yeah, when when I I've been, I think the the um the dub's been decent. I mean, really good. Like you said, I, you you are kind of we are, we were all concerned when we heard uh, the old Black Ranger was going to be Belouche. Oh, yeah. Johnny but, Young Bosch as everyone. But because. <laughs> Because especially on Adult Swim, it's like he's 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 you know you have to watch two other shows prior to Cold Geass coming on where he's like a voice Jesus. on <laughs> freaking Bleach into Cold Geass. So, but, but um, I, no, I, I, it's it's been good, and I even told Sober I was I saw the um, the trailer on Double O Double O, yeah. and I think that that um that dub's gonna be pretty good too. They're going on the right track. There was one that I whose voice wasn't I crazy. It's been a while since I heard it, but yeah, I, I didn't hate it. The only the only one that I got creeped is still kind of creepy to me on Code Geass is Lloyd. For whatever oh, yeah. reason, they they just kind of made him too effeminate. <laughs> And maybe too, you know, ambiguous when it comes to things. Yeah, I, I, he, he's not as kooky yeah. as he is in the Japanese. Oh, like yeah, he, he sounds more just like the mad scientist in the yeah. Japanese. Yeah, and this yeah. one, they got him kind of, you know, you know, Frisco, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they should have got Bob Marks to do his voice instead of um. Uh, Neo Neo has no idea who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know it, nothing it, about voice actors. Yeah, have you ever seen El Hazard? Where yeah, the the voice a long of, time the, ago. The, the, exactly the voice of Janai, Bob Marks. Okay. I was hoping they would have casted him as um as as Lloyd instead of uh I I, I like um Richard Cancino because he was great as Mr X and um in uh Argento Soma, but um and and Legato Blue Summers and Trigun but oh Ramoni Kenshin Ramoni Kenshin and Kenshin of course and um but yeah. in in this show he's mad scientist and and I was hoping for something more some somebody more and I even I even like um I even like uh, Spike Slurpee. Spike Slurpee as uh, Toto. <laughs> I, you know. That's one of my favorite uh, choices because he was Shisho and Kenshin, and he's one of my favorite English yeah. voice actors. I thought that was great. Yeah. Personally. Chris. Spike Slurpee. You mean Spike Spencer? No. no uh, about um the Stephen dude, J. Blum. Yeah, because he he does the um Seven Eleven commercials. He does the Seven Eleven commercials, oh, wow. or he was doing them. Be like, get your checks paid, get your checks cashed, and grab a Slurpee here at Seven <laughs> Eleven. Oh, thank heaven. <laughs> So me and my roommate call him Spike Slurpee because he, you know he's Spike Spiegel and uh, Mugen and God everybody else under the sun. He's the the, the former yeah. Johnny Bosch. Yeah. <laughs> there, if there's an anime that's been done in the last 15 years, it was him somehow, some way. But yeah, personally, but, yeah. I I enjoy the the Gius dub. I'm a bit behind watching it on TV, but. Um, I think for Same the most here. part, the casting was pretty good. I just regret Johnny Bosch being Lelouch, not because he's a bad voice actor, but just because he's so overexposed right now. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's like he's like everywhere you look, this guy's in it. So that's my main complaint for is. um. That's my main complaint for anything from Canada. It's got Brad Swell as the lead. Hey, no Canada hate. When I heard he got the lead in Double O, it's like, oh Christ! I, I like him as a voice actor, but come on, he was Armoro in Double. He was Armoro in um, original Mobile Suit Gundam. I mean, give the lead to somebody else. Do you, you know someone new if you can, but do you think? Oh well, but Chris, do you think he should have been the narrator in like Double O? 
Yes, I think he should. <laughs> yeah. I think they should. I, th- I think they should have made him the narrator and the voice of ribbons. I think they should have did what they did with Gius because if you look at the cast of Gonkusuo and um, Gius, they almost matched everybody up with their relative Japanese voice actor for Gonkusuo for Gius. If you look at that cast, and I thought they would probably have done the same for for Double O, but I mean that was me getting my hopes up. So, so. who's going to be cr- uh, Saji Crossroad? Uh, oh man, oh. I Freeman. I don't even know. I don't think they have. Hey, uh, Luis, want some pizza? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mrs. Robinson. I know you hey, don't you like think me. I'm funny? You think I'm here to amuse you? <laughs> oh, Joe. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Joe Pesci as Saji Crossroad. I'm yeah, just here to pizza? Some pizza. You want to see your toppings? <laughs> hey, what am I funny? Like, ha ha? Do I amuse you? I amuse you, Mrs. Robinson. But am I clown funny? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong? Huh? No, it, it it was it's definitely good because there there was a while there where it's it seeming like a lot of animes in like the last like three or four years they kind of phoned in a lot of these dubs. Yeah. And you know it's nice now that they're actually the people are seeming like they're getting into the character like. I was very impressed with Johnny Young Bosch. I'm like, you know, even though I still think he's overexposed, but yeah. I, I don't even care anymore, you know, <laughs> that he's the louche. But, you know. I think I think Richard Cox is going to be great as, like, uh, Alleluia. He'll be great. I think he yeah. can really pull off, like, a, a demented Who's voice. That? He, Richard Ri- Cox. Richard, Richard Ian Cox is yeah. the voice of um, Inuyasha. Oh, Inuyasha? Yeah. And Shawnee. And, and you also play I be- Kai in the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Yes, that's, yeah. yeah that's I was right. really was pleased Kai. to see him back. Yeah, one of my yeah, I like characters. Him. And Thierry is played by and- Sam Vincent, who's the voice of um, uh, God Dude in um, Atherin, Atherin Zala. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's the voice of Thierry. So and who's Setsuna? Setsuna is Brad Swale and Amaro. Amaro. And Amaro Ray and um, and who is the voice? Uh, remind me, who's the voice of Lock-On in this show? Who else has he played? Oh, shoot. He's a newcomer. That's that's what I was thinking, too. Oh, okay. Well, at least we got one. <laughs> they didn't They didn't get dude from uh, Dunbine to be him? Who? Uh, Neil Gibbons. Neil I still Gibbons. think that would have been the best. <laughs> you, talking about, you talking about Vic McNoga? Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's whoever Vic. did Whoever did that. Yeah, did Neil Gibbons. Neil Gibbons on Dunbine, Vic, Vic McNoga, the voice of um, Al El- I mean, Edward El- Elric on Alchemist. Oh. You know your show? Oh, boy. <laughs> the guy who's going to play Lock-On is Alex Zahara. Alex Zahara? Yeah. He he sounded huh. cool in the trailer. I, I can't Yeah, he did sound pretty cool. Yeah. I look forward to it, and I can't wait to see it on Sci-Fi. I want to thank everyone for calling in this first time. Obviously, this first time we're doing this, it's going to be a little rough, but uh, we're going to be doing it much more in the future more people call in and uh, make this a regular feature so by all means uh, please uh, call in whenever we set a call in time and uh, share your thoughts with us your questions and comments cool awesome yeah thank you everyone mm-hmm. thank you hey, good no questions thank you. thank you good questions no problem oh, bye catch you guys later calling and uh, we'll be right back on Gundam at MAHQ I'll be damned if I'm gonna clean up this mess! <laughs> it's the greatest city in the history of mankind. <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it 
Santiago, which of course in German means a whale's... The show with more game than Parker Brothers is going to Comic-Con this summer. <laughs> That's right, Gundam at MAHQ. It'll be me, Sobro, Ryu, and... Leo Lornok, and uh, Chris will be there in spirit, unfortunately. He won't be able to make it with us. He certainly but... will. When we're there, we're going to uh, we're gonna be broadcasting, podcasting daily from there with our experiences of the con and also... Um, Any news and, out there that might be... Uh, that you might guys be. might find important and uh, we'll definitely do some stuff on our blog. And also, if any of you guys are going, by all means, email us at gundammahq at gmail.net and let us know you're going to be there and um, we'll hopefully we'll run it to you. Keep checking the Mecha Talk boards, uh, especially in the Gundam section, uh, especially around the last part of July. The con's from July 24th through the 27th. And like Solbro said, we're going to be doing some quick little uh, podcast snippets, hopefully every night, just telling you some good things and some of the things that we see and some of the things you might want to keep an eye out for. So uh, definitely hit us up and let us know if you're there. If not, we'll come back with lots of pictures and everything else. See you in San Diego. Peace. No, there's no way that's correct. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what it means. <laughs> Doesn't it mean Saint Diego? No. No, that's what it means. Yeah. Well, agree to disagree. Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, well we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is f here. Nothing is f No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! All right, thank you, everybody, for this concludes uh, episode 17 of Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, in this episode, uh, we went back to doing some reviews. We did episodes 5 through 9 of Macross Frontier. Uh, we also have done the fifth installment of our continuing Gundam Roundup uh, segment, uh, this time spotlighting Mobile Suit Gundam 0080, uh, War in the Pocket. And uh, we have a new segment that we is kind of the inaugural. Uh, we took some live calls, and we just want to thank the guys that were able to call in. And uh, we're going to let everybody know later on when we're going to do the next uh, kind of live call-in segment. And um, so, but that kind of concludes episode 17 here. Solbro, um, can you give us some of the contact information? Well, you can always check us out at the. You want to check, it out, check us out at the magnificent mahq.net, and also you can scope us out at the brand new website of gundam.net, which is our online blog where we update it with the latest episodes of the shows and our thoughts on different subjects. Um, feel free to check us out there. Also, go to mechatalk.net and register at the boards for mahq, where you'll find a um, a subboard for um, Gundam at mahq. And last but not least, you can always email us at gundammahq at gmail.com. Cool. And Chris, uh, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no problem. And uh, so, yeah, just uh, give, us, get us, uh, give us some feedback or some listener topic suggestions. But first, uh, or before we go, Chris, any MHQ stuff that you want to announce or pretty much kind of the same old? Same old, same old. Well, I, I, I just have I just wanted to, all, to remind everybody out there that um, if you can um, take the time to head out to the general discussion board and um, if um, there's anything you can give to support uh, Mark um, 064 and uh, during his um, dilemma with his home 
if there's anything you can do to, to donate and, and help out with their um, with their dilemma, it's it's mu- much appreciated. And of course, I like to give um, a shout out to my friend um, Johnny Ridden, the Red Lightning, for hooking me up with Full Metal Panic to watch, and also um, giving me um, Macro Seven to watch as well. Oh. And there you go. You Any shout watch. outs, Chris? Before <laughs> I go. <laughs> So, somehow, because of the live call segment, we went from uh, MHQ Zoo to, uh, you know, Total Request Live. <laughs> uh, no, got nothing to say. Uh, I don't know when this episode will be coming out, but obviously people can be on the lookout for you two guys recording episode 14 from San Diego oh, yes. Con. And then uh, you guys will be joining me in Miami for YasumiCon for episode 18, our second live show. Nice. I'm so excited. I'll be pimping more information about... Uh, that on mhq.net main page soon cool so well for myself uh neo uh Solbro and chris uh, this concludes episode 17 we'll see you guys later hey we just picked a fight with the entire world do you know what that means Setsuna? yeah i know because we're the gundam meisters of celestial being At MHQ is a Shinjuku station in MHQ production. It's early days, but I'd be very happy if you off out of here now. I'm busy.